Dajahal, you are listening to the A Thousand Lives broadcast, the premier podcast for all things related to Christian missions in China. This is Austin, your host and missionary with the Vision for China team. For more information about our Vision for China team and how to take the first step on your path to making Jesus famous in China, head on over to visionforchina.org. That's V-I-S-I-O-N-F-O-R-C-H-I-N-A dot O-R-G. There you're going to find a slew of resources to aid you in both sharing the gospel with Chinese friends, as well as to assess how you can better aim your life at making Jesus known in China, whether that be by praying, sending, or even going as a missionary. If you haven't already, remember to subscribe and or follow the podcast on your favorite podcasting platform with push notifications turned on to never miss an episode of the broadcast. And you can always check out visionforchina.org slash podcast. That's visionforchina.org slash podcast for an up-to-date directory of which platforms were found on. If you have any friends interested in China, missions, or both that might enjoy the podcast, be sure to let them know what the A Thousand Lives broadcast is all about. We with Vision for China firmly believe that Jesus is worthy of being made much of in China and trust that if we aim our lives at making much of him there and around the world, we have no need to fear language barriers, culture barriers, persecution, or any other obstacles because, just as he himself said in Matthew 28, he will be with us always, even into the end of the world. Now for this episode, I'm excited to share another story from the life of Sam Pollard. A few episodes back, we got to look at how Sam went about learning Chinese and how he struggled through a Chinese prayer meeting. Today's story picks up a few years later while he and his wife are on the field in Yunnan province and he is training up a couple of young converts for full-time ministry during a very trying time of famine. But before we jump into Sam and his discipleship relationship with these two young men and the trying times that surrounded it all, let's take a moment to hear about this episode's Chinese City Challenge. For this episode's Chinese City Challenge, I'd like to challenge everyone to research and pray for the city of Guangzhou, located in Guangdong Province, China. Guangzhou is Guangdong Province's capital city and is home to over 16 million people in the city proper and a total of just over 18 million in its greater metro area. That's right, 16 million people in just one city. Guangdong province and its capital Guangzhou are known throughout China and the world for traditionally speaking the Cantonese language as opposed to Mandarin. Much of what we think of in the United States as Chinese food is actually often Cantonese food which originates here in this area, particularly Guangzhou. In fact, many of our English words such as chow mein, dim sum, and wonton are all derived from the Cantonese of this region rather than from the Mandarin language. While Cantonese is traditionally spoken in Guangzhou, Mandarin is quite prevalent in the megacity as well. Historically, Canton, or Guangdong province, is where Robert Morrison, the first Protestant missionary to China, cut his teeth on learning Chinese and worked on his translation of the scriptures into the Chinese language. The people of Guangzhou are traditionally adherents to Buddhism, with some Taoists and Muslims also there in the city. Please pray for more laborers for Guangzhou City and all of Guangdong Province. My brother, I'd like to challenge you to do a bit of your own research on Guangzhou. Now, the city is spelled G-U-A-N-G-Z-H-O-U and is located in Guangdong Province. Guangdong, of course, is spelled G-U-A-N-G-D-O-N-G. Now remember, the challenge is to spend about 15 minutes either skimming this city's Wikipedia page or 
viewing a video related to Guangzhou on YouTube. There are many video bloggers all in China that often upload video footage of walkthroughs of the city's downtown areas, uh, maybe a video synopsis of what the city is like, uh, sometimes even aerial views of the skyline taken by drone, and this would be especially true of a mega city the size of Guangzhou. I encourage you to see what videos you can find for Guangzhou, and as you watch them, consider how the Lord might use you to reach this huge city with the gospel. After you've done all that, spend another 15 minutes or so praying for Guangzhou and its people. Pray that the people would hear the gospel and be saved. Pray that the Lord would bless believers in churches that might already be there in Guangzhou, and pray that the Lord would raise up and send forth many more laborers who would devote their lives to take these people the gospel. And finally, remember to message Vision for China on social media, letting us know an interesting thing you learned about the city. We want to hear from you and hear how the Lord is growing your heart for the Chinese. Again, finding us on social media is easy. Just use the handle Vision for China, V-I-S-I-O-N, for C-H-I-N-A. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And let us know what you learned about Guangzhou. We would love to hear from you. So what are you waiting for? Get after this Chinese city challenge and see how the Lord works in your heart as you research and pray for Guangzhou and the rest of China. Come in, come in. Have a seat and I'll put on some tea. Thank you. I have a matter to discuss with you, Mr. Bo, said the man, addressing Sam by his Chinese surname. Uh, sure, go ahead and take a seat, Mr. Lee. Sam did think it odd that Mr. Lee would be calling at this hour. It must have been urgent. After going through the niceties of small talk while ceremoniously washing the cups before finally pouring the tea, Mr. Lee finally got to the point. Sam could never have prepared himself for the blunt indifference that seemed to accompany Mr. Lee's next statements. Taking one more sip of tea and clearing his throat a bit, <clears throat> Mr. Lee started. Mr. Bois, you know that times have been hard for all of us here in Chaotong, and us in the Lee household have had it quite difficult with all six of our mouths to feed. He paused, as though bracing himself for what he was about to say. I would like to sell you my eldest daughter for 200 cash. I beg your pardon, Mr. Boy? Sell your daughter? To us? Yes, for 200 cash, Mr. Boy said with a nod. You and your wife seem to be much better off than us during these trying times and could better provide for. What's more, the one less mouth to feed along with the extra cash will help the rest of our family get through the days ahead. Sam silently prayed and thought a moment, realizing he needed wisdom and he needed it fast. This man and his family had truly had a hard time since the floods. As he looked Mr. Lee over, he could see a touch of desperation in his face. He, after all, had just uttered words that most never dream of uttering. After a few more seconds of thought, Sam finally spoke up, grateful to the Lord for a bit of wisdom. 
Mr. Lee, I cannot imagine being in such straits as your family must be in. Take 200 cash for your family, but please keep your daughter. Mr. Lee was moved with gratitude and with a tear in his eye accepted 200 cash, thanked the Pollards, and departed. As he departed, however, Sam and his wife Emma couldn't help but think that they were simply delaying the sale of Mr. Lee's daughter. Many rough days were still ahead for the people of Chaotong after all. But how did the city of Chaotong arrive at such a state? How could a city get so desperate as to cause a man to think it necessary to sell one of his daughters to make ends meet? Sam and his wife Emma had been laboring in the city of Chaotong there in Yunnan province for a few years up to this point. Sam was faithfully preaching the gospel and a couple of other missionaries there at the mission station were as well. But as the weeks and months went by, discouragement began to set in. Though the missionaries at Chaotong Station had seen a few professions of faith here and there, none of those professed converts had so far stuck it out for even a simple period of discipleship that would lead to baptism. What's more, famine had recently set in in the region. You see, the city was more or less self-sustaining and not reliant on commerce and trade with outside cities and villages. Nearly all the food consumed by the residents of Chaotong was grown there within the walls of the city. This was all well and good, of course, until in the summer of 1892, heavy rains came which in turn brought floods which led to widespread destruction throughout the region and in a few instances even death. The mud walls of the city were no match for the heavy rains and flooding of the Yangtze River, and so the floodwaters took out large sections of the city walls and some houses and other buildings with them. With the city being so self-reliant for food as it was, the flooding also equated to devastation of crops and other vital food sources. Within only a couple of weeks of the floods, hunger was becoming a matter of great concern for the people of Chaotong. In fact, it all led to the scene of desperation just described in which Mr. Lee came to the Pollards offering to sell his eldest daughter to them so that they could have money to purchase food. The man and his wife, thinking that the only way they could provide for their other children and his aging mother was to sell off a daughter were truly at their wits end. They saw this drastic measure as a way to find some sort of immediate relief. Such were these hard times in Chaotong. It was in this setting Sam and his wife found themselves trusting more and more upon the Lord to carry them through the famine of food as well as the seeming spiritual famine with little spiritual growth in those Chinese they were ministering to. Sam, however, did find some encouragement in the fact that two recent converts, Yang Kai Yong and Chang Yongjing, were at least somewhat interested in meeting with him regularly for discipleship and study of the scriptures. Sam silently wished that the Lord might stir their interest further in the Bible and lead them to give their lives to full-time preaching of the gospel. But 
Admittedly, Sam's experience with others who had previously made professions of faith only to fizzle out within a couple of months' time made him have his doubts. It was in the beginning of 1893, and Sam had finally saved enough money, despite the famine and all that was going on, to purchase a piece of land that he then began building a chapel on. You see, Sam dreamed that one day hundreds would be saved in this chapel there in Chalton. He was determined to push on and continue to serve the Lord despite the dire circumstances surrounding him. As it turned out, his faith was rewarded sooner than expected. Before construction on the new chapel was even completed, both Yang Kaiyong and Chang Yongjing came forward requesting to be baptized. Through Sam's times of discipleship with them, they said they were beginning to more deeply understand their newfound faith in Jesus Christ and that they would like to obey their Lord through baptism. Sam was overjoyed to hear this news. It was a beam of light in very dark times. It was extremely encouraging for him to learn that these two young men were wanting to make their faith public and profess Christ to those around them there in child home. A baptism service was planned, and curiosity grew throughout Chaltong as the people were eager to discover what baptism meant. Sam preached and afterward invited the two men to come forward. Sam asked them a few questions which provided them a great opportunity to publicly profess their faith in Christ. Then the three of them knelt for prayer, and Sam prayed that the Lord would continue to bless them in their Christian walk. Rising from their knees, Sam proceeded to baptize them. Sam was deeply encouraged that day. It was exciting to know that the Lord was allowing these two young men to grow in their faith. Sam later wrote of that day, May God grant a mighty army to succeed them. Yang Kaiyong went on to be an active servant there at the church in Chaotong, and Chang Yongjing went on to eventually become a successful evangelist and preacher of the gospel. Sam had much cause for rejoicing. There in Chaotong, in the midst of famine, poverty, desperation, and much widespread hopelessness. The Lord saw fit to bless Sam's labors and grow these two disciples in their faith. Brother, we've just had a glimpse into a very dark season in the life of a missionary and his field. There are desperate times that sometimes rear their ugly heads in this world. We live, after all, in a fallen world filled with pain and suffering. It was to a place and season where the suffering and hardship was so acutely pronounced that the Lord called Sam and his wife to serve. Can you imagine, brother, what it would have been like to live and preach in a place such as 1892 Chaotong there in Yunnan? Seeing people all around you struggling to simply survive, seeing them scrounging for food, seeing them in their desperation, considering selling their own children to make ends meet for the rest of the family. Can you imagine what it would be like to live as lights in such a place? Can you imagine preaching hope amid such hopelessness. 
it would certainly be a difficult thing to live in such circumstances, and what's more, live as lights and messengers of hope in such circumstances. Praise the Lord that Sam and his wife Emma were willing to faithfully endure the hardship of this mission field, especially in that season. Praise the Lord that he blessed their efforts even during those dark times. As horrible as it is to serve in such an environment, imagine for a moment what Chao Tong would have been like during those days if no missionaries were there faithfully preaching the gospel. Imagine how Mr. Lee would have probably ended up selling his daughter to some other resident of the city that day. Imagine how Yang Kaiyong and Chang Yongjing might have never heard the gospel and might never have been saved. Imagine if Chang Yongjing didn't go on to be a faithful preacher of the gospel there in Chaotong and throughout Yunnan in the months and years ahead. It would have been so different. It would have been that much darker. It would have been hopeless for the people of Chaotong. And yet, the Lord saw fit, years previous to this time, to put it on the hearts of Sam and Emma to give their lives to go to China. Though they didn't know what trials and difficulties lay ahead, though they didn't know that famine lay just a few years in the future on their future field of service, they stepped out in faith trusting the Lord to bless their efforts and give them a great harvest. Friends, perhaps in a future episode we can hear further of how the Lord continued to bless them and their ministry because Yang Kaiyong and Chang Yongjing were really just the first fruits of what was to become a truly great harvest there in Yunnan. My friend, there are obviously many possible trials and hardships that would make a preacher pause and carefully consider whether or not he should give his life to serving and preaching Christ on a foreign field like China. What about flooding or famine? What about persecution or peril? What about trials and tribulations? What about the darkness and despair that you and your family might face? brother? Let me encourage you with this. If the Lord has put it on your heart to serve Him in a place like China, He can be trusted to prepare you to face all that might come your way. In fact, Him putting it on your heart to serve Him in such dire circumstances is His way of giving the people there access to hope that they may otherwise never have access to. Giving them access to truth that they otherwise may never know. There are so many in China today who, though they may not be facing physical famine and physical floods, are certainly facing all manner of spiritual hopelessness because they have never heard the gospel. And brother, they need to hear. They need a preacher to come, live among them, and despite what may come, despite famine, despite flood, despite other hardships, to come and faithfully preach the gospel, to give them life and light and hope. Brother, would you ask the Lord to use you to bring hope to the multiplied millions of hopeless in China? 
Brother, I challenge you to consider giving your life and your efforts to serving the Lord in China. I challenge you to pray and beg the Lord to do a great work in China. Will you consider devoting your days to preaching Christ and exalting His name in China, even among hard and trying times? Will you surrender your all to exalting Christ, even in a place like China, and even during the dire seasons? If the Lord is leading you in that direction, we, with Vision for China, would love to help you along the way with everything from Bible training and missions training to language and culture training. Brother, we are here to provide you a path for you to follow, to get you from wherever you are right now in life, all the way to standing in China before a group of Chinese people with a Bible in your hand and in the Chinese language preaching unto them Jesus. If we can help you along your path in any way, please reach out to us at info at visionforchina.org. That's I-N-F-O at V-I-S-I-O-N-F-O-R-C-H-I-N-A dot O-R-G. Go ahead, tell us who you are, and let us know how we can come alongside and be a help. Remember, there are dozens of millions in China that need preachers if they are ever to hear the glad tidings of their Creator and Savior. There are untold thousands who have no life, no light, and no hope. Will you take the message of hope to them? Brother, will you arise and go and preach unto them Jesus? Brothers, we have been given hope in Jesus Christ. He has entrusted us a hope that is sure. In fact, the Bible says that we have a we have a living hope. Is the living hope described for us in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3? Friend, if you know Christ, you have a Why not devote your life to taking that that living hope to the people of China? The need is great. The darkness is great. The hopelessness is great, and yet the huopoda panwang found in our Savior is greater. Again, I challenge you, brother, to take this huopoda panwang that you have, that you cherish, take it to the people of China. Will you, brother, devote your life to proclaiming Christ and his huopoda panwang among the people of China? If not you, then who? Well, this concludes today's episode of the A Thousand Lives broadcast. Thank you all for listening in and letting others know that Jesus is worthy of being made much of in China. And don't forget the Chinese city challenge for this episode. Spend 15 minutes researching Guangzhou City in Guangdong Province. Remember, Guangzhou is spelled G-U-A-N-G-Z-H-O-U. And then spend another 15 minutes praying that the Lord will raise up more preachers for the people there. Again, remember to message us, the Vision for China team, on social media to let us know an interesting thing you learned about Guangzhou and let us know you are interested in China missions. Guangzhou and all of China need preachers who will preach the Huopo de Panwang, the living hope that's found exclusively in Jesus Christ. Tune in next time for an exciting story from the life of missionary John Stott. I'm looking forward to sharing it with you. And thanks again for listening to the A Thousand Lives broadcast. This has been Austin, your host and missionary with a Vision for China team. 
For information about the Vision for China team and how to take the first step on your path to making Jesus famous in China, head on over to visionforchina.org. That's visionforchina.org. There you're going to find a slew of resources to aid you in both sharing the gospel with Chinese friends as well as to assess how you can better aim your life at making Jesus known in China, whether that be by praying, sending, or even going as a missionary. Well, until next time, 再见!